Are you ready to tell me everything? <laughs> Did he watch your Instagram story? He was the first to watch it, girl. Ghost him. Stop. Block him. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to Tell Me Everything with Land, episode 10, double digits, and I have a great star today slash guest. Today, I am bringing on a Dubai-based badass woman entrepreneur, <laughs> Reem Kent. Reem was a former blogger turned co-founder of Ego and East. Reem has turned her social media platform into a circle of trust and authenticity, Today, we discuss her journey on social media, self-love, and body perceptions. Welcome to the show, Reem. Thank you. I'm hoping I can match just 20% of your energy right now because <laughs> I am loving that. Thank you. I know. I feel like I'm just like, I'm always like, let's get hype. Let's get hype. Even though it's like a 5 p.m. on a, on a Wednesday or Tuesday. So Tuesday. But yeah, Tuesday. I love it. Tuesday. <laughs> um, so let's just like get to basics. Could you just give some of the listeners a bit of a background and uh, where you're from and I guess how you ended up in Dubai in the region? I'm Lebanese. Both my parents are from Lebanon, but they both grew up in West Africa, between West Africa and Lebanon. And I actually spent the first seven years of my life in Sierra Leone and Gambia. And it wow. was such an amazing childhood. It was so much fun. Um, and then when we were old enough for school, they moved us to Cheshire. So we were living in, a, in the suburbs and it was like that perfect suburban like childhood lifestyle. Um, wow. I just remember rollerblading every day, biking wow. every day, playing out with my friends, having such a good time at school. It was, it was a really nice childhood. And then when I was 18, I couldn't stop thinking about moving. Actually, I realized I wanted to move to London when I was 14 years old. And then I moved okay. to London at 18. Couldn't stop thinking about it for those four years. Did everything I could to get into my dream uni got in and then moved to London all by myself at 18. And it was really scary, but it was a great decision. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where I started my, my first stint in, in the fashion world. I went to a fashion university, got my degree. Um, I started my own like little label where I was like bedazzling t-shirts. No stuff. way. Yeah, that it was is so, so much cool. fun. Yeah. Um, I was actually hustling so hard. I would charge so much to like customize t-shirts and jeans and no one else was really doing it. So I'd get all these clients and it was really fun. Um, I didn't really like working. I tried a couple of jobs. I, I was working in retail um, for some boutiques and I just decided that I was sick of making them a shit ton of money and mm -hmm. leaving with like 1% commission. So I was yeah. like, I don't want to do this. I'd rather like make all the money and keep it myself. So yeah, actually I, ne I never, ever since then, I think I was like 20, I didn't work for anyone. Um, and then I had always just had it in my mind, like, you're going to be your own boss. You're going to do your own thing. I was going to so, say like the entrepreneurial like spirit, I guess, like even like sure. you're, young, you're like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, exactly. So that was, um, that was like my first entry into the fashion world, going to uni and building my portfolio and, and getting my degree and doing my own thing on the side. And then after that, when I graduated, it was like in the midst of the economic crisis, absolutely mm -hmm. no prospects for anyone leaving uni. Um, so I stumbled upon blogging, uh, started a blog 
learned how to monetize it really quickly and wow. then just started making money off that. And then four or five years later, decided that, or maybe six years later, I can't recall, but decided that I prefer the business side of it. So my sister and I launched Ego and East, which is our talent management agency. And we started representing social media influencers and taking them to the next level. So yeah, that's kind of my journey really briefly, but that's how I ended up here in Dubai. So do you think like through the journey of Ego and East, you've seen like the power, like was it kind of like you saw the power of social media and then we're like, okay, I need to create something out of this. Or was it kind of like, you kind of were like, okay, like this is something I've been doing blogging. I've seen the monetization side of it. Let me see if I can start this and let's see where the people's voices are. Or was it kind of at the same time? Like how did you see the power of it? So it was actually way more organic than that. Um, we were monetizing. So Natalia and I were monetizing really early on. And although we weren't the biggest bloggers, we were yeah. making more money than most. Mm-hmm. And some of our peers in the industry noticed that and they would ask us like, how are you doing this? You know, we had agents, they were really not worth our time. We yeah. actually ended up leaving them because we found out that they were, you know, keeping a lot more of the rate and only giving us like a portion of it. And I'm, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Either CC Absolutely. me and so yeah. I can see what you're charging or like tell me and be honest and say, we want to take more than 20%, you know, yeah. so I can, that decision so anyway when I found that out I decided to leave them Natalia and I were like we could do it by ourselves and then um and then our peers in the industry noticed and they would come to us and say like how are you charging so much you're less you have less of a following than I do and I'm like listen it's just negotiation you know and you have to know how to communicate you have to know what your worth is and stand Mm -hmm. your ground xyz and then we started helping out friends of ours just advice offering you know expertise and then they would joke and say you should just be our managers and that would be way more exciting as a prospect for me than standing in the cold and changing outfits and taking pictures and like I was like no 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 this is way more exciting for me so I actually then Natalia and I both saw it as an exit strategy to being bloggers and of course, at this stage, we're seeing how it's developing, how the industry is evolving. We were yeah. in it from inception. So blogging was founded, I guess you could say, in 2006. We launched yeah. Five Five Fabulous, which was our blog, in 2009. So from the beginning, we were part of that like first wave. And you could see it expand and expand from like implementing social media to then kind of pretty much becoming obsolete and only on social media. So it was really interesting to see. And I guess having that having that knowledge from the very beginning was able to make Ego and East what it, what it is today because we've actually seen so many different people try and launch agencies now and either they're not getting it because they're not fully immersed in the industries themselves or they don't have the um you know the luxury of being able to say we've been 
in that position. Like we've been the influence. I was just going to say, cause you've been on the other side. Cause now you're kind of going to, you've been on the other side. You understand what it is to be the influencer or be the talent, let's say like you've understood that role quite well. So you are able, I think to facilitate a conversation or facilitate deals or whatever it is. And it's something that you brought up is really interesting about like this, the worth thing, because I have like a lot of friends now that are either like influencer like kind of tapping their way into it or as me as like a podcaster i'm getting approached now by brands and i sometimes i'm like i'm like x amount of money for like a three minute ad on my podcast and i'll have like my boyfriend for instance be like why are you charging so low i'm like well i don't think i'm worth that much and he's like no dude hustle like what do you mean so do you think it's like kind of a mind thing where we like don't think maybe i'm i don't know if i'm gonna bring up the man versus man, the man versus female thing because i do think females tend to have a lower self worth than men or it appears that way but do you think it is kind of like as women we're kind of like seeing ourselves as like worth less even in work environments and even in career environments of like going up to a manager and demanding a promotion or a raise i feel like we don't find it much with women more than men that narrative but as a woman i'm i'm i've never seen myself in that position where i i haven't tried to get more so okay. I can't answer that from my perspective. I can answer it from like a general perspective. I think so. Yeah. But for example, my dad was the one who taught me how to negotiate. You know, like I remember when Natalia and I at one point even had like our own, we were trying to launch our own label and mm-hmm. it actually did really well. It got picked up by press a lot and wow. we had done yeah. it backwards. We did a sample collection, it got picked up by press. And then we started getting like inquiries to have it stocked. And we were like, oh, now we actually have to make it. Like, I don't know how this works. (laughs) We didn't end up following through, but getting the stuff made and just the sampling process in general, my dad was overhearing me trying to negotiate. And he was like, Baba, you're doing it all wrong. Like, this is how you do it. And he sat me down and he taught me some techniques and okay. they've okay. never left me. And, and it's so interesting with business because my dad's a businessman. I couldn't tell you what he necessarily does because I think <laughs> it's so broad. Like having, a, having business acumen yeah. allows you to be so broad. Like you can implement it into so many different things, yeah. you know? So what he taught me all those years ago that had absolutely nothing to do with marketing or social media or fashion or anything has helped me build my business and I think you just need a mindset you could be super inconfident or unknowledgeable or anything and as long as you know these small little tactics I think you'll be able to get what you want I think so too I I think I think you're right like as a general business plan like understanding the the concept of negotiation but also understanding like your worth that you do deserve it which kind of like leads me segues into this conversation of like self self love and this like journey cuz i had someone on the podcast actually last week who um she like got out of the corporate world and now she's trying to do her own sustainable line um where she takes i yeah i always takes items like from like dead stock i learned all about dead stock and taking these items and kind of like recreating them but still using it in a sustainable way and she said if I didn't have if I hadn't gone through my own self-love journey and my journey of like confidence I wouldn't have been able to leave my corporate job and be like you know what I'm a badass woman I can do this was there anywhere of a point in your life where you can think of of like 
you kind of maybe going through a low point in your life or maybe not having as much self-love or self-worth because I think social media as well can have a huge impact on that, which we're going to get into. But was there any a point where you feel like your self-love lacked where you were like, maybe I can't do this or was it kind of always consistent or depending on your life experiences, did that shape and mold your decisions when it came to the business world or being an entrepreneur? So I have the most incredible parents and the love that we have as a family is like intense. Like we're very close as a family. Like my parents and I are very close. My sister and I are extremely close. Our younger brother is very close to us. We have a very lovable unit, but unfortunately my family went through a lot. And when I was a teenager, it, we had some major, major downs and our, my parents' lives changed. Um, you know, they were living a certain way and then things happened and they were living a completely different way. Mm-hmm. And for me, I didn't necessarily notice it because I'm a kid. So I'm like yeah. going with the flow, you know. But then when you become a teenager, you start to realize, like, you start to notice like, oh, why don't I get to have that? My friend has it. Like, I don't get to have that. And I'm not going to, and I realized there's literally nothing. There are two different types of people. There are people with, and there are people without. Yeah. And I realized it wasn't because of a lack of love from my parents. It was just unfortunate circumstances. And there was nothing that I could do about it at that age. But I knew that if I want something, I'm going to be the only person who can give it to me. Mm-hmm. And I knew that from a really young age. And my sister and I have worked since we were 14 years old. We've had jobs and we've never had handouts. And yeah. we've been financially independent since we were legal to work in the UK. So and my parents are very proud of us for that. You know, like they yeah. have a, a huge amount of respect for the two of us. So because we've been financially independent for so long, it was like there is no choice like we don't go from daddy's house to husband's house like this is like I want my own fucking house I want my own car (laughs) yes I'm doing like none of that because I am my own person I'm my own boss I'm my own person so from a young age realizing that two things number one you can have it all and then it can be taken away from you in an instant yeah and number two if you don't have it all, you can't wait on someone to give it to you. You have to go and get it yourself. So we've just constantly had this mindset of work, 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 because if you want it, you're the only person that's going to get it. And I'm so happy that that happened. You know, like I look back on our childhood, it was really difficult from as a teenager for my family, but they were the most supportive parents emotionally and if I hadn't, if I had been given more than what I was, I fear to think maybe I wouldn't be as hardworking as I currently am. Yeah. For me, it was that there was no choice. You want to go and get it. And I remember Natalia and I would like work shifts at a restaurant and split the cost of like a juicy couture t-shirt and dream of like being able to afford the track yeah. suit, you know? And and then we were working with Juicy Couture and they were paying us to like write about wow. them in our books. So it was, everything came full circle and I don't have any regrets. I adore everything that we went through and 
all the lessons that we were taught. So um, I think it it's not necessarily a case of coming from a place of low self-worth. It was coming from a place of starting at zero. You can only go up, you know? Um, but yeah, I, that's- I think that attitude is, is a very special trait and, and, and thing that you've learned. And I can tell it's been instilled in you and like who you are today is like, yes, you went through a hard time and yes, you had to work and you had to freaking hustle, but that's kind of built your work ethic and who you are today. And I always believe in like the universe and like things happen for a reason. And this has definitely happened for a reason and built like who you are today. And I think that's special. I wanted to ask, I had just thought about this now. At some point when like you were hustling and you were getting into like the blogger world and then eventually social media, do you think in any capacity social media was a bit of an outlet for you to kind of express yourself in a certain way or because you were kind of hustling and working and like wanting and having like a goal and trying to attain a goal? Was social media in a way an outlet for you or was it kind of just something you did free-mindedly? I'm now realizing as a conscious woman, yeah. how it's, it's not necessarily something that I feel I can just break away from because I kind of evolved with social media. I think it's a part of me and I'm definitely way more minimal than some people in the amount they share. But for example, when I look at my brother, who's 21 years old and should really be in the midst of like this realm. He isn't, he goes out and we, when we go out, like he never picks up his phone to story. Yeah. He doesn't like update people on what he's doing or what he's wearing or, and I know he's a guy, some guys don't do that. But my point is it doesn't cross his mind to post on social media. Whereas for me, it's like, I didn't post today. Like people are going to think I died or something, you know? <laughs> And I'm like, how is it, inst- how is it so instilled in me? But I think it's because I've kind of evolved with it and it's become so normal and so acceptable to share and to, to post. I'm definitely at a place currently, I literally was having a conversation with Natalia about this in the car earlier. She's in Beirut and we were just talking and mm-hmm. I was telling her how I'm, I, because I, I disconnected. I disconnect sometimes, but recently I disconnected for about two weeks and I deleted the Holy app. And it shit. Was, two yeah, weeks? I That's a long it. time. Even like, I'm like, oh my God. How did you do that? <laughs> I deleted the app and it was so freeing and so wonderful. Um, just to prove to myself that this isn't something I need in my life. It doesn't actually alter my day to day. I have a great day with it, a great day without it, you know? And I wanted to decide, is it something I want in my life? Because I per- I personally am in a, in a stage in my life where if I'm on social media, it's because I'm adding to good and not, I don't want to, I don't want to sit here and think I made someone feel like shit or they're comparing themselves to me in a negative or whatever it is. I want to make sure that if I have a voice, if I have a microphone, it's being used for something good. So I took that time to disconnect, to decide, do you want to do this? And I'm back and I do want to, I do want to be on social media, especially when I share things about like sustainability or our environment or my diet choices or whatever it is. I want to inspire people and I want to teach and educate and and give someone a different perspective that they may not have had before. And I also at the same time want to learn 
and be inspired myself. So I decided, خلص, like, you're going to go back on and you're going to love it and not, um, you know, overthink it or whatever. But I'm stuck in this rut where I'm like, I'm forced to, to content create because if you're not doing that, you're kind of, you're going to lose everything on your algorithm and it's just the insights go And then like you drown out a little bit. Yeah. Exactly. So, if you're on social media, you can't just be fucking stalking people and seeing what they're doing. You have yeah. to actually contribute. Sorry for my cussing. And Okay, we can cuss on this podcast. <laughs> so you can see earlier I was cussing a lot. <laughs> oh, I have to take pics. And, you know, every time I take a pic, I'm like, but... I want to take this pic. I want to share this pic because I like it. I like how I look at yeah. it. I like how I, how I feel about it. But what's it adding to? Does anyone need another picture of another girl looking, you know, however she looks? Like, I want it to have a message. And I'm so stressed about that message that I'm, I was just speaking to my sister and I was like, you know, I want to have like a mini little plan where I know exactly why I'm posting what I'm posting because I just don't think there's any point in having another account on Instagram that isn't for a reason. Well, I was going to say the intention. I was going to say the intention I feel like is what matters. Like, because when I look at a lot of people who are on Instagram or content creators, I'm sure you can also relate. It's like them showing like them off in like a, like a two piece bikini and like live your truth. If that's what you want to post, go for it. But I think as, as people who are on these social platforms, we've been definitely like, it's, it's a lot of, it's, it's traffic. It's congested on there where we're getting an influx of content and we're still trying to navigate through. And I'm sure as a content creator, like yourself, you're like, well, what is my intention? What is the intent of me posting? Is it because of this? Is it because of sustainability? So I think recognizing that voice and recognizing that you want to have intention is, is honestly incredible. Like hearing you speak about it, like I would have never expected someone with many flowers you do and you have a huge platform and you do have a voice of of a, like a huge voice on especially in this region to understand what your intention is to post i think it's it's incredible like really i i think it is i swear i'm not just saying that because you're like speaking right in front of me right now but it's interesting to hear from your perspective that you actually go through that process like if only people knew that you know like when they land on my page because I don't have the ability to say hey guys welcome like here's my intention this is what I plan on doing <laughs> I can't do that so when they land on the page the first impression is everything and I want them to know you're not on like you're not on just like a whatever like this is someone who hopefully you can learn from be inspired by share de- share things with and who also keeps her space and her privacy very sacred to her like I removed my uh dms actually because I I know you'll probably get to this but after I froze my eggs and shared it yeah so on yeah. social I realized how nice my community were and how how much of a community I had and I think I had neglected that for so long you know because so to backtrack I I was married and I shared that on Instagram. Um, I shared my wedding and stuff. And then it was a really horrible divorce and actually like a, a 180. My life just changed in a day, literally in a day. I left him and everyone just kind of saw that happen because it went from ni- like nine months after my wedding to he's nowhere to be seen or yeah. heard from. 
you know, and I didn't really want to explain myself and I didn't really want to have any kind of acknowledgement. Just one second, Lana. Yeah, no Are you going to cook? Okay, because I'm recording a podcast. Thanks. Um, I didn't want to have to explain myself, nor did I feel like it was anyone's right to ask. So I just ignored it. I just carried on with my day and you just kind of saw Reem go from cute little wife to like traveling the world and you know oh, say single you- ready to mingle baby <laughs> kind of absence to to my community and that ignorance towards them really didn't do well for me but obviously that wasn't in my thought process I wasn't yeah. really caring yeah. about what anyone else was thinking and there were certainly some questions that I did not feel like answering so I just didn't answer them and um it and then the divorce took three years as it does so i just didn't acknowledge anything and i think when he finally signed the papers um in 2018 a year later i acknowledged this is the face of a divorced woman and i posted a, a smiley face or whatever and then it took another two years to finally finish everything else um which i never discussed but basically my point is that I didn't really connect with my community throughout that time. I didn't really feel like I wanted to, I felt like I was, I did want to post, but when people would ask me, it was in more of like a violation. Mm-hmm. It wasn't out of concern yeah. and I didn't like that. Um, so I was a bit standoffish. That's how I would say it. And then, and then last year during 2020, I had planned anyway to freeze my eggs at the end of 2020. Didn't know the pandemic was happening, obviously. And then because it was, I was in lockdown and I was super healthy. I had stopped drinking, smoking. I was eating super clean, training. And my mind was at peace. Everything was at peace in my body. I was like, I'm going to push it forward and freeze my eggs now because I want these nice little clean eggs, you know? (laughs) (laughs) No alcohol in them. (laughs) the most like I don't know what like the most vegan clean alcohol-free eggs you could imagine exactly Um, so I froze my eggs and then I decided you know what like I want to talk about this because I've never heard anyone talk about this I had one friend who told me about it and I was fascinated about the whole process to the point where I went to a lecture and heard about the doctors talking about it because I was like how come this isn't shared more like how come we're told go and freeze your eggs the same way we are go and get your teeth cleaned you know go and get pap smear so I decided I'm gonna do a video on it and it went viral for me it literally went viral girl like I had girls in my dms like all of our group chats like I have like 30 group chats with my girlfriends like you have to watch this you have to watch this I'm like this is dream I've been following her for like five years I never even like I didn't like think so when I watched it we were all honestly we were all literally like amazed we're like this girl like just opened up a a page of a chapter we didn't even know existed for us. And I, and I guess that might've, cause in the U S and like the Western world, I think it's more talked about freezing your eggs here. Not so much. So I think you were kind of, you know, like the, you were kind of like the ones to like open up the conversation. We were all like, wait, this is like a thing here. Like we had no idea. It made me so happy because I'd go out for lunch with friends and friends of friends would say, 
oh, my mom sent me the video or my, my cousin. And I'm like, this is amazing, you know, and, and truly people were touched. So I was really, really happy. And I was like, this is why I'm on Instagram. This, yeah. if for any reason, this is why I'm sharing something, you know, and I, I still get questions and DMs from girls saying like, I'm about to do it. Like, Da, 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 da. and I just get so happy I'm like yay someone's doing something amazing for themselves and of course there were some people who were like why are you doing it like are, are you worried you're never going to get married I'm like I don't really give a fuck shit yeah, if I ever get literally. married again I'm doing yeah. it because it's like putting money in the bank you know I want to have security and that's it um I called my parents and told them and my mom for some weird reason like knew like we're on a call they're on speakerphone I was sitting on my sister's bed I was like hi guys they were in the car had me on speaker and I said um I need to tell you something and my mom literally said you're gonna freeze your eggs I'm like how did you know I had absolutely no idea I had not spoken to her about it she knew instantly I was like wow so then I thought that's instinct mother's instinct rare instinct and my dad was like true baba like why you don't you you don't need to you're still so young or whatever and I was like I don't think they know I don't think they realize that yeah it's 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 scary you know as a concept it's scary and the year before I'd done it I had gone to check my AMH levels and check how my eggs were and the doctor did tell me my gyno told me you know if you're not planning on having kids in the next two years, mm-hmm. freeze your eggs. And like I said in my video, it's an absolute privilege to be able to even talk about this because I know that it's not a free procedure and it costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's not something so many people want to prioritize, but it's roughly the same price as like a Prada bag. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, more useful for you in five years but I think this might you know stand a chance um and I mean I think it's super brave of you to like go on and and I mean like like a lot of things and like what I'm trying to do this podcast like you realize how many people can relate and how many people like appreciate someone coming out being super vulnerable about a subject that is super vulnerable it's very personal to you and coming out and being like this is what I did and this is why and this is how and and I think like showing and you seeing like the community coming and like your followers or people who've been following you for a while being like 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 kind of applauding you it's i'm sure that gives you that that gratification kind of actually what i wanted to go into was like what how do you feel about the term instant gratification because of course in this instance it's different because you're actually like you're you're giving something i guess like with your intention as we spoke before is like you're giving something to the community um you're inspiring you're helping but when it comes to like instant gratification and like you post a photo say it doesn't get as many likes or comments as like a previous photo. Do you feel shitty about yourself? Are you like, well, fuck, do I look like shit? Or, or are you like, eh, whatever. No, someone doesn't like it. Eh, whatever. Yeah. Gratification is a scary thing. And I think it's dangerous. Um, I actually live through delayed gratification because that's just how my business is run. You know, like we'll work on something in may and it won't launch till december and it's nice to have that delayed gratification for it i think having instant gratification is 
dangerous because that those effects do happen when i post something and it doesn't do well i question it either fuck instagram like how annoying are you with your stupid algorithm you know i miss the old days or i think well i don't want it up there anymore because i was posting it for a reason and if my reach is just three thousand no one's seeing it so i'm not making the effect i want to have or number three it's like i leave it because i'm like i'm not posting it for likes see if it's something aesthetic i don't care like i'll post a quote and it will get i don't know like 700 saved or something which for me is a lot yeah compared to 300 likes but so i know that double more than double the amount of people are saving it because it meant something to them but they're not going to like it because like it's not something they want to like but they're sharing it and they're saving it and to me that's way more valuable so i'll keep it there but like for example I haven't been posting consistently and I know that my, my, my pictures aren't getting, um, prioritized yeah. and I've not been utilizing all the tools of, so all the tools of Instagram. I've not been reeling. I've not done an IGTV for ages. I haven't ever done a live and all I do is mainly stories. So it doesn't prioritize you unless you're using everything. Um, and I posted yesterday and it was a message and you know, I was teaching someone something about my current journey and the pick did, let's say a quarter of what it would normally do in that time. Mm. And I, I was like, I'm just going to archive it. Cause I actually want people to see this. So yeah. I'm going to have to repost this at another time. And it's frustrating. Um, but I think depending, like I said, if you're doing it for aesthetics, keep it up there because you just want it to look nice on your feed or it's there and you can see from the insights people are looking at it if it's like something where it's a message i would be upset and that instant gratification from the previous time would have set my standards too high and i'm not getting it, what so it, it does it have an effect on your mental health because for me i find that it, when i was just in zanzibar last week and posting all these great shots of me and of course like the standalones with me and like a little bit of a crop top gets like so many more likes than me and not and i'm like okay so does this mean like sex sells in some way of like i show more skin i get more likes like and i like kind of stop myself and i was like or if i post a picture and like it doesn't get as many likes and i'm like kind of like like i'm in short shorts i'm like oh is it because i'm fat and then i'm like oh my god like why am i going down this rabbit hole again for the millionth time of like me questioning the way i look because of a platform and then i go back i'm like oh i just want to delete instagram like i just like i'm over it Halas, like i'm done but you know what i mean I, I go into like this cycle of it i know we talked about it a bit on the clubhouse chat of like the standards and how we kind of compare ourselves with people on social media do you feel like it's just been an ongoing process um, of like not comparing yourself or like stopping yourself like mid thought? Cause for me, it's like mid thought, I have the thought and I've been to therapy and stuff like that when it comes to like my body image. And I've like, what I was taught in therapy. So before I did healing and stuff was like, stop yourself mid thought, think of it and like change your perception or change your um, thought process into a positive one. Yes, that works. But sometimes when you're like, I don't give a fuck, you're like, I look disgusting. Like that's why I didn't do well. Right. Cause I'm fat. Like, you know what I mean? So what, what has your process, I guess, been like when it comes to comparing yourself to others on social media, especially with body image? Has it been an uphill battle, downhill, roller coaster? It, it, 
I don't want to say that it's, you know, don't compare yourself. Your life will be so much better when you don't. But even as a 33-year-old woman, I'm still doing it. And sometimes it's not always in a negative way, but it's social media. That's what it's there for. That is literally what it's there for. It's to make you want to have better, to be better, to to do better than the other person. And that's what I dislike about it. So when I catch myself doing that, I actually change it. So I, 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 I listened to this podcast the other day and it was about the difference between jealousy and envy. And jealousy is a feeling you have when you're scared of losing something. So you see someone else with the thing that you want. And if you feel jealous of them, it's because you're scared of losing what you have. And envy is more, you see someone doing what, they, what they're doing and you're envious because you want it to. Mm. And if you look at envy as a positive and you treat that person whom you're envious of, my brother's like crinkling paper. Are you done? Yeah. Okay. Um, when you see someone who you might be envious of. Sorry, Lana. It's okay. I actually didn't hear the crinkling. I just heard this part now. <laughs> What's he making? I feel like he's cooking up a storm. Snacks to deliver to people. Aww. Thanks, babe. So, um, Yes, what I was saying was when you see someone who you might be envious of, it's actually because they have something you want and you know you can achieve, but you haven't achieved it yet. So instead of thinking of it as a negative, you can say, this person is now my expander. Like expander is a term where you take someone and you say, I aspire to be like this person and I'm going to use them as, as a as a tool to help me project what I want. You see this person as an expander and you say, okay, I can get that too. So comparison now, like for example, the other day I was like on my explore page and clearly Instagram knows the innermost deepest thoughts of mine because all <laughs> I ever get is like the most amazing physiques and skin and yeah. babies having jade rollers on their faces. <laughs> I always get the um, ones where the people are like popping the blackheads on nose because I'm like, I have a weird obsession with popping. I'm weird. I was upset. And so always on my explore face, like these facials of like people popping blackheads and pimples. I'm like, give me more content. To what I don't want to see. And I have to actually go on there and be like, not interested, not interested. Yeah. But the other day it was on point and it was, it actually showed one of these girls. I don't follow her because I actually decided to unfollow a bunch of like models and um, she had the most amazing body and she was, she was sharing a video of her in the gym. And I was like, I looked at it and I said, I saved it. And then I said to my boyfriend, um, I love her ass. Like I want to get, I want to have her ass. Like, yeah. I want to get ass like that. And instead of being like, Oh, my ass doesn't look like that. Or how come I don't have an ass like that? You know, like I switched it and I was like, yeah, this is inspiring. I'm going to use this as like inspo content instead of let me compare myself and feel like shit content. And then he was like, why are you on Instagram two hours before you sleep? Like get off Instagram, you know? And then, and then he said, don't forget also, by the way, 
she is looking at someone else saying, I want her ass. Like there is, it's like a constant cycle. And then he, I realized we can compare ourselves all day long, but that person we're comparing ourselves to is comparing herself to someone else most likely. And it's just a vicious cycle and we need to just stop and be happy with what we have. And I'm lucky enough to have a nice community. And when they, sometimes I get young girls message me and say, um, my friend told me I look like you. And I was so happy to see someone that looks like me on social media. And it might be like this girl with features like mine, you know, so like a biggish nose or like full lips or small eyes. And I was like, I'm so happy that if I was to feel like shit about myself right now, I'd be making this girl feel shit about herself. And I don't want to, I want her to be like, yeah, I look like whoever, or I'm happy with how I look because I'm not the only one who looks like this. So I don't need to have like what's currently in trend on a face on my face, you know? So it's tough. I mean, we're, we're living with filters on our faces every day. Literally. Literally, you know? So that was another thing for me. I, I hate posting with filters. Sometimes I like it. Sometimes I, if it's like not a picture of my face, I don't mind because, and I spoke about this on Clubhouse when we, when I did the talk and we yeah. spoke together because I don't know. It's obviously a problem I have. Like I realized after that talk that it must be my own mental issue because I don't think anything's wrong with it. If you want to post with a filter, post with a filter. But for me, I felt like I was conning the person who was watching and myself because it was changing my features so dramatically and I looked better to the viewer's eye probably like you know and but like I feel like our reality is getting distorted even like right now I was on a trip uh last last week in Zanzibar and all my girlfriends and I was with guys too and I was like I would want to take a selfie just like on my camera like normal Adi and they were like are you not gonna put a filter I'm like, why the hell would I put a filter? I got no makeup on. I'm in the wilderness. Like, why would I want a filter on my face? She's like, what do you mean you don't put a filter on? I'm like, no, we can't have this distorted reality of what we look like. We're going to think we're going to, we look like these filters we have on Instagram. And that's not what reality is. Like, at what line is it like, like we're going overboard? Because I think you had brought up a good point on Clubhouse. You were like, I like, I've like made it a point like to not put, like to, to stop putting on filter. And I was like, yes, like, I think we're, we've, we've, at what point is the line? Like, like what point do we like, okay, stop. Yeah. For me, it was like, okay, in my mind, this is what happens when I put a filter. I either don't feel confident enough to show my real face, which yeah. should be beautiful to me and anyone else. Or I'm telling the girl looking, if Reem doesn't feel comfortable, showing her face and I think she's beautiful, then I don't feel comfortable showing my face. And I would never want someone to to feel like that, you know? But then I look at it from the other side and when I'm watching like, I don't know who, anyone, story with a filter, I'm never looking at them thinking, oh, she thinks she needs a filter, you know? So I think I was overthinking it. But I do feel happy that I have this thought process because it reminds me that, I, I, I am bearing a responsibility and I feel like anyone with a social media platform that has people following them, especially women following them, because the majority of my followers are women, should bear a responsibility and take some kind of like proactive action towards 
just acceptance and accepting who you are and who you really are. And I'm happy, actually. I saw last week Kylie Jenner started posting with no filter and she actually yeah. started saying, let's go back to no filter. I'm like, oh, maybe she was listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> maybe she did. You know, I actually, um, a year ago, I think this was actually during quarantine when like, obviously we weren't going out and stuff. I specifically started unfollowing people like Kylie and, and a lot of other influencers and people. Cause I was, it was getting too much for my mental health. I was like, I am constantly comparing my body and my physique to these people. And these people, like you said, like your boyfriend said, like are probably comparing themselves to other people. And I was like, just for me, like nothing against them, but like literally just for me. So I feel like I'm in a better mental health state I like would start to unfollow them so I guess my next question is like how do you practice self-love look what is first of all what does this the word or term self-love mean to you and how do you practice it so I have such an obsession so after my divorce actually it was the first time I ever did Botox I went to Beirut for the first time and I was 30 when I left my ex-husband and got divorced so I went to Beirut for the first time at 30 years old. The time before that, I was 14. So I hadn't been to my home country in over a decade. Wow. And, and I, it was, and I'd always, like I mentioned, I lived in several places. So I never felt where my home was until I went to Lebanon. And after that visit in 2017, I've been countless times. Like I would go every six weeks and I still go all the time. Like Lebanon is truly where I feel like my home is. And I'm so happy my parents now live there. And I went to Beirut and my sister and my mom were like, let's go do Botox. And I had never done it before. So I was like, what? I love no. how that's the activity in Lebanon because that's how it is for me too. My mom's like, yeah, let's go do Botox. I'm like, Leh. I'm like, I just arrived. I want to go to like BO18. Like, why am I going to this now? <laughs> Was like, yeah, I'm so happy. You know, I was like, what is happening? I had like, I had this weird stance, like, no, I'm not going to do Botox. This is my face, like deal with it, you know? And I went and I still use the same doctor because I had the best experience. Um, she is wonderful. And she just did a bit of Botox and it changed my whole vibe. I was like, what? This is it? Like, this is fine. I'm happy with it. You know, like this is fine like I'm happy to have Botox so after that I actually developed and I think because I was single again for the first time I'd been with my ex by the way since I was 21 so for like my entire 20s I was in a relationship oh my Sick I out. didn't realize it was since you were oh my god so everything that you could imagine doing in your 20s partying yeah. drinking going out going on girls trips anything 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 so when I was 30, I started living, you could say. And it was the first time I was single. My sister literally had to teach me terms and how to like spot red flags. And she was like, this is called a fuck boy. You don't want to go near him. You know, because like, when oh someone God. ghosts you, <laughs> ghosting is there. Tim, we ended up going on the most incredible journey of our lives. So my sister and I, I had planned this safari trip with him. And then obviously I was like, I'm not taking you anymore, obviously. Yeah. So I took my sister. We went to Botswana and Cape Town, incredible trip. And then we went to 
Dubai, flew back. I flew to London, had to go to Marrakesh because I was speaking at a conference. Mm-hmm. She went to Portugal for a wedding, met me in Marrakesh. After that, we flew to New York and Toronto, back to New York and then London. And at the end of the summer, she was like, okay, I'm going to go back home now. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, I have like, I just go home, babe, you know? And I was like, oh my <laughs> she's God. like that's it. It's the hot girl summer's over. <laughs> yeah. I have to, I can't be alone. You know, I can't be in London alone. So I decided to leave London in like a week. I packed up my whole life and moved countries and I moved to Dubai and we ended up getting an apartment together. She moved out of her place. We got one together. Like we started our life. But when we were in New York, it was so funny. We had booked all these and we flew out our best friend, Joelle. So it wasn't just me and Natalia. We had like another person in case we got bored of each other. We had booked all the best restaurants. I had packed like my new sexy thigh high Balenciaga boots. Yes. I was like, every every outfit was planned. I was like, oh my God, we're going to have the best time. Like New York is my favorite city. And we were at Catch. And I remember sitting there and I'm like, okay, anytime now, like hot guys are just going to like come up and speak to us. And we're sitting at the table and I look around and I'm like, oh my God, it's all women. And gay guys, I'm like, what the hell is going on? You know, like there's no single man. So we go back to the hotel and Natalia and Joelle are just like getting changed and laughing and talking. And I just sit on the bed <laughs> and I just start crying. And they're like, why are you crying? I was like, I thought that there would be like a queue of guys waiting to speak to us. Guy, <laughs> And I don't understand like what's going on. And they were like, uh, yeah, babe, welcome to being single. And I was like, oh my God, I'm in for a ride. You know, like I did not know what to fucking expect with being single. So it was just so traumatic. And that was like the beginning of the end. That was like, okay, I'm single now and I have no idea how to deal with this. And on top of that, I'm on social media which is technically a dating app now, yeah. you know, like people can slide into the DMs, you can start looking for cute guys. And all Absolutely, girl, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> really badly obsessed with my looks, you know, now everything became about how I look. How, do, how does someone perceive me? Because you're not being able to show your personality before how you look. And it developed a really unhealthy balance for me. Um, and I started thinking, you know, horrible things. I wanted to change everything about me. I wanted to change everything. I was like, my body's not good enough. My hair's not good enough. My face isn't good enough. Like, I, I got really bad and I started messing around too much. I did like, um, I remember I went to, we had a wedding in Lebanon the year later. And I didn't want to wait to do Botox with my regular doctor. Oh no! So we went to... Um, a clinic in Dubai and she was like you should try Botox in your nose or and I was like okay you know like just fill her up like give me everything (laughs) and she was like yeah yeah let's do that so she put filler in my nose my sister two weeks later we did it two weeks before because you know the magic two week number you get better after two weeks my sister flew out before me and I, I took the red eye from Dubai to Beirut 
and I landed before my hotel room was ready. So I ended up going into her room, sleeping with her, just sneaking into her bed, waking up really early before she had woken up because I was meeting a friend for breakfast. So I didn't put any lights on and I just quickly put like my hair up, changed and left. And I'm sitting having manaish with my friend and I start laughing. And I could feel like my face isn't moving. Oh my God. Okay. And then he's like, Mean, your face isn't moving. And I'm like, I can feel like something's wrong. Oh my and God. And I thought, and I'd forgotten about the Botox because it was two weeks before, yeah, right? Yeah. So, and my mom is in Lebanon. She had also been there for a few weeks. And I call her immediately. I'm like, Mama, where are you? She was at my aunt's house. I'm like, I need to come see you. I think something's wrong. I go directly to my aunt's house. She opens the door and I'm like, my face isn't moving. And it was just my right face. Like I would smile and this would smile and this wouldn't smile. Oh my so God. It was like, oh my God. I have so much anxiety right now. Oh my God. I thought I was having a stroke. My mom freaked out. They rushed me to the hospital. They thought that I was having a stroke because yeah. honest, like, yeah. I'm paralyzed. They put me on a drip. They do an MRI. They do everything. I spend fucking thousands of dollars like getting all these tests done for them to say there's nothing wrong in your brain. There's nothing wrong. Like everything's fine. And I then apparently what could have happened was the Botox. I don't know if this is true even because so many doctors have told me like different left things. your nose? And into my muscles or something. But I don't know what it was. But I think the coupling of having done Botox and that happening triggered me and traumatized me so much to the point where I was like, I'm not messing with my face anymore. And I'm, of course, I still traumatize anyone. Yeah. I have like a muscle defect in my cheek, which is crazy to me. And I remember being in, on vacation with my family before we had done the Botox. It had been like a year since the last yeah. Botox. So me and Natalia were like, I'm so excited. Did you Botox again? You're like, <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe I've gone this long without it and blah, blah, blah. We go and do it. And then I remember looking at the pictures from Turkey and saying like, I was so beautiful. Like, what was I complaining about? You know, like, how could I have been looking at myself like that? How could I have been putting myself down like that? I'm fine. And it taught me a lesson because I still have the thing in my face and it's annoying as fuck for me because my smile is everything. I smile 24 seven and I still have this line, but whatever, I've grown to accept it. Yeah. And I'll tell you another thing during that week for the wedding, it started on the first day. I looked like a, an actual freak, like a dinosaur. Like, I don't know what I looked like, like some kind of crazy person, but I was still the number one like good time at the party yeah. and I was still like smiling and having fun I didn't let it get me down I just I could have been depressed and stayed in the hotel but, 100%. I didn't time. but anyway after that I was like okay khalas, like no more messing around like appreciate what you have and I'm sure you go through this I'm sure we all go through this Natalia and I were laughing about it the other day I look back at old pics and videos from like two years ago and always. I'm like oh my god and I'm like wow always. I look so 
And like, I look so good here, but I remember at the time I was like, oh, I need to lose weight. Oh, I look like shit. Oh, I need to get my God, Reem, I was literally going through this yesterday because my birthday is actually tomorrow. So I was looking at old pictures of myself and I was like, oh my God, I look so good at Iris 2019. Why the hell did I think I looked fat and ugly and disgusting? Like, why do we do this to ourselves? It's such a mind fucking game we play with ourselves. Like, I'm my own worst enemy and I'm putting yeah. myself down constantly. And now I, I have, and so I used to also be obsessed with change, like having a different body. I wanted to go to the gym 24 seven. I wanted to like grow parts of me that clearly weren't meant to grow, you know? <laughs> and then I remember realizing like, this is just my body. Like my yeah. ass is just always going to be this ass my face is always going to just be this face like learn to love it and not put yourself down for it and it is like what you were saying we have a warped mentality now and a warped reality because it's so easy to go to the doctor with 50 grand and be like give me a, an, a body yeah, <laughs> and you get it. yeah and you get it and good for you if you want to do that like I have no qualms with that but I think maybe they should come with disclaimers so people don't think they're real and then are uh, adhering and, and trying to attain something that isn't realistic. Because when someone goes to the gym and thinks that they have to starve themselves, themselves but do like, you know, 120 hip thrusts. Yeah. And you're not going to grow an ass. It's just not possible because your genes aren't like that. But I know we have this, like, it's, it's such a, I feel like we've, I mean, even like the woman I'm around, I'm, I'm around and I'm sure you are too strong, independent, beautiful women. There's always this conversation of, I want that body. I want to have that ass. I want to have, I want to get a boob job. I want to, I want, I, I want a six pack abs. And I've come to this, this, this kind of stage where I'm like, I'm around like, a tw I'm 20, I'm turning 27, but around like these 20 year olds, upper 20 year olds. And it's this constant, like all going to like a dinner and like we were at LPM a few weeks ago. Um, and like, I want to like eat. It's like a Friday night. I want to have a couple apps, have like my glass of wine. And like, they're like, okay, girls, if we're going to drink, let's not eat as much. I'm like, can we just like enjoy our lives? Like wh why does it have to be this conversation, this constant conversation of, uh, yes, of course, be healthy, 100%. I'm someone, I work out five days a week, all of us do. But when it comes to like wanting to just enjoy and like be with our girlfriends and have fun, like why is this always this constant conversation of like losing weight, looking perfect, attaining this body? And I feel like I, like one of the things I want to do on this podcast and one of the one of the reasons why I wanted you on today was to kind of like be like, be happy with what you have. Be grateful for the body that you're in right now, whether it maybe yes, you do want to lose a couple pounds and that's fine. But at the same time, like your body is not going to change super drastically where you're going to look like someone entirely different. That's not a reality. When I came to terms with accepting my body and not trying to have that whole like teeny tiny waist huge hips and ass you know perfect everything i yeah. was like i just have this body and that's a trend and the only reason i'm looking at that body is because it's a trend i'm like being friendly. sold yeah i'm being sold this body and i don't want to be a sheep i don't want to be blinded you know so if i'm awake and i'm conscious then i'm happy in the present moment and i'm happy with what i have 
because in five years time it's going to go back to like a Cara, Cara Delevingne, Kate Moss body and Absolutely. everyone's going to want that you yeah. know and like what are people going to do take out their fillers like I yeah, don't understand literally. yeah so, I'm not going to be a sheep I'm not going to follow the trend I'm just going to be happy with what I have and I think just like I remember being in Beirut one summer and everyone was like talking about their tattoos in the room and they were like what what tattoo do you have room I was like I don't have one and they said oh isn't that funny like there's eight people in the room you're the only one without a tattoo but we all got tattoos to be different I'm like yeah that is actually funny (laughs) be more unique as a human being and I just thought that's actually really funny how she mentioned it to me yeah and it's nice to look different. You don't want to look the same as everyone else. But what I'm seeing is that we're all attaining to look the same as each other because you just want to be accepted, but just accept you for who you are. I 100% agree. I 100% agree. A really good place in my life right now where I'm confident and I'm happy and I know that my insides are healthy. I eat right. I'm conscious about the planet. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just, I feel good. So if I don't accept myself, no one else will. And if, and it has to start with you essentially. So I, I started with me and I, I just feel way, way better now. I love that. Dream, thank you so much. I think we're going to leave it. Thank you so, so much. That was a beautiful last liner of like, accept yourself, girl. Dream, thank you so much for coming on. Tell me everything with land. I really appreciate it. I very much enjoyed this conversation. It was honest. It was authentic and organic. So thank you so, so much. Thanks for having me, babe.